that will arise Well, good evening from Los Angeles. This is your host, Michael Benner, and welcome to the Fearless Intelligence Self-Awareness and Leadership Webinar. It's a little bit after 7 o'clock here in Los Angeles. It's about 5 after 10 on the East Coast and 03 hours Greenwich. As we do this program live every Sunday night, we, of course, were not here last Sunday because of Christmas, and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Today is the first day of the new year, 2017, so we want to wish you a very happy new year, happy solstice, and hope that all of your holidays were just extraordinary that you got to uh, relax and spend some time with the people that you love, with family and friends, that you've chosen to join us here tonight. If you're not live, perhaps you're listening on demand to the podcast, which is available for streaming and download through the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, most of the major podcast directories on the Internet. This is a non-political, emotionally intelligence exploration of our responses to the current situation, to the social pressures and personal stresses that we are experiencing as a result of a lot of politics. But it goes so far beyond politics that I wanted to talk a little bit at the top of the webinar tonight about why this program is not political and why our desire to resist and persist what is happening, which is about to get even worse, uh, we don't really know. And that's what's really stressful about this situation is not knowing exactly what's going to happen. And we'll talk a little about that as well. But I've gotten heat from both sides. Uh, I'm getting mail from right-wingers saying all of this stuff about Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. And I'm a little frustrated that I have to repeat myself and try to educate binary thinkers, people who suffer from these false dichotomies that you had to either vote for Trump or Mrs. Clinton, and that you just didn't have any other choice. You couldn't vote third party. That'd be throwing your vote away. You couldn't go to the polls and vote for all the other important offices and referendum, referenda, referendi. (laughs) Is that the plural? And just not vote at all for president, which, of course, you could have done. This idea that if you didn't like uh, Hillary Clinton, you didn't trust her, that you had to vote for Trump is absurd. And I'd like to repeat for those of you who are regular listeners of my podcast and my programs, you've heard me talk about this countless times, going all the way back to the late 1970s at ABC Radio in Los Angeles, and we would talk about 
black or white, either or thinking, and how two is not a very long list of options that even in school we have multiple choice. Rarely were you given true or false. And yet people live in a subject object, this binary split, true or false, right or wrong, good or bad, as if there's only two ways. And the idea of counting to three gets to be overwhelming. I guess. And of course, the tendency to think in terms of all or nothing is a sign of high stress and anxiety. So these are people that really should join us and be listening to these kinds of programs rather than suggesting that they can only be with us or against us. This program's for everybody. Let's not forget how many. Republicans opposed Donald Trump. So this is not about democratic solutions, or we got to fix the Democratic Party, or we should have voted for Hillary Clinton, uh, or anything like that. In fact, as I said in the newsletter, I'd like to repeat here, this is, it's not political to oppose fascism and bigotry, xenophobia, and misogyny. It's a moral imperative. And I'd like you to ponder this, because you will encounter, as I'm sure you already have, numerous people who will challenge you in your concern and portray you as some sort of Democrat. And that's not at all what it's about. The fact that Donald Trump cannot find any artists, any musicians, any performers at all to perform at his inauguration, any of the inaugural balls, except for the Rockettes and the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And in both cases, they have members quitting in protest. He can't find a single act. Does that mean these are all Hillary people? Well, of course not. They're people who are morally outraged by everything that Donald Trump stands for, as as was the majority of the Republican Party. So what are we opposing? When I say resist and persist in 2017, Why are we doing this? And it's because we're we're morally bound to. We cannot do nothing. We must do something. And tonight, we're going to talk about what can we do in this new year. What actions can we take to not only respond to the moral imperative of having democracy itself challenged, but to manage our personal stress and anxiety. Because if you just sit on it and wring your hands and worry and fret, that stress is going to be suppressed and it's going to turn into confusion, more anxiety, which creates more confusion, 
and more anxiety and more confusion and more anxiety and round and round it goes, a vicious circle until you just explode. You've got to come in touch with the anxiety, the stress, yes, the fear. This is called fearless intelligence. The book that I'm writing, this webinar, is the Fearless Intelligence Self-Awareness and Leadership Webinar. So in order to become fearless, you have to accept that you're afraid. You face the fear. You target the fear. You move directly into the fear and what could be more positive. And you see, I'm not only getting these challenges, these attacks from the right, I get it from the left. I get people saying, Michael, why are you so negative? Why are you so political? Uh, we always thought you were a positive guy. Well, what's more positive than fighting for democracy and opposing fascism? I want to remind you that we've been told that some very nice people voted for Donald Trump and that they're not all racists. Please keep in mind that during the rise of Hitler, the good Germans were the people that didn't want to make waves. They didn't want to cause trouble, and so they looked the other way when the brown shirts came for the Jews and the gays, and others. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Who were the troublemakers? Well, the troublemakers were the moral, ethical, and spiritual people. And I suspect that you, like me, are not willing to be a good German. So we will, <laughs> we will be portrayed as troublemakers, just like Mahatma Gandhi was a troublemaker, just like Martin Luther King was a troublemaker, like Susan B. Anthony and John Brown were troublemakers. Just like Jesus was a troublemaker for throwing the bankers and hedge fund managers out of the temple. And so make up your mind to be a troublemaker because it's a moral and ethical imperative. You do not have to be limited to politics. Just like we can talk about philosophy and not be contained by religious precepts. We can talk about society and economics and current events without being limited by the binary nature of politics. Don't allow it. Refuse to allow it when challenged by right-wingers or others who are just so stressed that all they can see is this or that. Say, no, I need to explain to you and be very kind and very compassionate and even gentle as you explain carefully and slowly this has nothing to do with politics. It impacts politics. It may appear at times to be political, but these are matters of conscience. These are the dictates 
of my own higher self, my soul, my spirit, I'm acting out of a moral and ethical imperative. And be very clear about that. That's what resist and persist is all about. Now, having said that, I want to share a little bit, just a couple of paragraphs that I sent today in an email response to somebody who said that I was being so political and he read the newsletter that promoted this webinar and said, well, I suppose you think Hillary would have been a better choice. And this is what I wrote to him. This is a a big part of what I wrote to him. And I, I want to share it with you. It says, you may wish to reread the newsletter, which repeatedly makes the point that resistance to fascism and racial bigotry is non-political and a moral imperative. Do you really believe that only Democrats are frightened by Trump's shallow awareness and emotional instability? People around the world are terrified. Have you already forgotten that most Republicans opposed Trump before he was elected, even House Speaker Paul Ryan? And do you not remember that Senator John McCain and Senator Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, and other major Republican leaders were opposed to him, refused to endorse him, that former presidents George H.W. and George W. Bush refused to even attend the Republican National Convention. Were they Hillary supporters? Are you aware that Trump cannot find any musical performers to play his inauguration, except for the Mormon choir and the Rockettes, and they have members quitting in protest? Do you think these people are Hillary supporters? Binary thinking and false dichotomies are signs of stress and anxiety caused by a lack of awareness. And this is a webinar about developing awareness. And I apologize if I have not made that clear enough for you. And if you choose to listen, I think you'll find our webinar series to be not only non-political, but quite edifying. Thanks for your input and a happy new year pretty much sums it up. So I wanted to share that with you. I do want to go to the phones. That's one of the features of doing this program live and having the option to listen on the web or by telephone. And those of you calling tonight and listening to us live can press star two at any time on your telephone touchpad, just do it once or you'll toggle yourself on and off and lose track of where you are. I think there's a phone prompt when you do that. But star two will indicate that you want me to unmute you. I can do that one caller at a time. And it will. And So be aware of that, and I'll go to the phones in a little while. And those of you who are listening live online, you can submit a comment or a question in the text box 
on the page in front of you, and I'll look at those tonight and share the relative or the relevant ones, rather. And if you're listening to the podcast, well, maybe you can join us live in the future. We're here, except for the rare holiday that falls on the Sunday, or maybe I'll take a vacation or something, but most of the time we're going to be here every Sunday night. So uh, already I'm getting some comments in the text box, and uh, let me see. I thought I saw, yeah, we have at least a couple of people with their hands raised here, so we'll go to the phones in a few minutes. And again, this is about a one-hour webinar, so we're about a third of the way into it right now. So what can we do about this? What does resist and persist actually mean? Well, first of all, you can participate on January 20th, the day of the inauguration. You can add the hashtag DisruptJ20 to every uh, Twitter post, every Instagram post, There's social media that I'm not too aware of. You can even add hashtags now to Facebook, and those get aggregated as well, especially if your Facebook automatically posts to Twitter or Instagram. Get to use those hashtags. It really increases the impact of anything you put on social media. So hashtag... Disrupt J20, Disrupt J20, January 20th, disruption means participate in any way possible. First of all, just be aware that on January 20th, tens of thousands and hopefully hundreds of thousands of people will be in Washington protesting the inauguration of a profoundly shallow, emotionally unstable, and reckless extremist who has brought the Ku Klux Klan and the Hitler Youth into the Oval Office. And that's not an exaggeration. And if it is, I'll be the first to apologize. If Trump turns out to be reasonable and just a conservative Republican, I'll be the first to apologize, but there's no indication of that. He's not going to pivot. He's not going to become presidential. He's not going to expand his vocabulary beyond 200 words. Count the number of times he uses very in a paragraph. Very, very this, very, very that, very, very this, very, very that. Extremely great, bigly. He's got the vocabulary of a nine-year-old and the emotional stability of a four-year-old and should be in therapy, not in the White House. I'm sure at some point a panel of psychologists and psychiatrists will feel compelled to come forward and diagnose the, the medical issue here. The the sociopathology or psychopathology 
of the personality disorder that he suffers from, which primarily is narcissism. And narcissism usually involves a lot of OCD. You notice he has an extremely short attention span. And he's living in a fantasy world. He not only prevaricates, he lies about everything, he exaggerates. And it's not that narcissists lie to deceive so much as they think they have a responsibility to invent reality. And they sincerely believe that everybody else is inventing reality. And there is no consensus, no objectivity, nothing factual and nothing true. Everybody's just BSing and making it up as they go along. This is not to apologize for his behavior, simply to explain it. So hashtag disrupt J20. And if you can go to Washington, go to Washington. If you can join the march in Los Angeles, I understand there's going to be a counter demonstration or a demonstration here in L.A. There's a woman's march in Los Angeles on the 21st. Get on your social media. If you're already an activist, network with other activists. Whatever your single issue may be, it's time to coalesce. And all social political activists need to come together. And so my primary suggestion tonight in terms of, well, Michael, that all sounds very good, but how do we resist and persist is with urgent action teams. Now, I'm sure I'm not the only one using that term. Amnesty International has urgent action teams. I volunteered for the American Red Cross for over a decade. We had disaster action teams. It's not a foreign concept. It's nothing that I made up. That's the term I'm going to use. What's an urgent action team? Well, that's people who you know, whether they're family members or friends or neighbors or people that you're in touch with on social media who share your concern. I don't care if they share your politics or not. This is not about politics. This is not about supporting Democrats. It could include that, but it's so much bigger than that. Oh, and let me add this while I'm thinking about it. Because I've had <laughs> I've had some pushback from how how shall I say these uh Abraham Hicks law of attraction people that say, wait a minute, Michael, you should know better. What you resist persists. If you put your attention on it, you tend to create it. Well, hold on a minute here. Whoa. Hold on. 
<laughs> That's not exactly true. In fact, it's it's interesting that I would use the phrase hold on twice in a row. That's the problem is holding on. If you focus on the negative and because of your fear and your muscular tension, you hold on to the negativity of what might happen, of how bad it's going to get, then you are helping to manifest it. You are tending to create it happening. You do reap what you sow. That's karma. You do go where you look. That's called target fixation. You do get not what you want, but what you expect. That's the law of attraction. You get what you expect. So, If you put your attention on the negative and go no further, just hold on to the negative imagery, yes. You're planting weeds and briars and brambles and thorny bushes, and that's what's going to grow. And so in that sense, what you resist persists. We're saying resist and persist in moving into your fear, through your fear, because that's the most direct path to a positive outcome. How do you find a goal, a solution, a desired result, but to move directly at the problem? You must target fear to find love and vision. And so it's, (laughs) you know, if you read one Abraham Hicks book and you think you understand the law of attraction and now you're afraid to have a negative thought, This is magical thinking. It's a neurosis to believe that every passing thought in your mind is going to manifest as reality like that. And so you can't afford the luxury of any negativity at all. That's nonsense. If you focus on negativity, hold on to negativity, expect negativity, yeah. In that case, That's what you're going to create and manifest, and things will get worse because you're sitting on the couch freaking out and not doing anything. But if you target the negative as a way of creating the positive, you move into it and through it. The only way out is through. Do you see? The only way out is through. You cannot heal what you refuse to feel. These are core principles of psychology and philosophy. Get this clear in your mind and teach it to your friends so they're not afraid to be negative as a means of moving toward solution and resolution. It's a little more dynamic than you might think if you just read one Abraham Hicks book and call it a day. I'm a master of Manifesting with higher consciousness. That's not higher consciousness. Come back to me when you've read 30 of those books. And dream your dreams. But set goals. It's New Year's. Think positively and act as if it's a done deal. Act as if. You could not fail as if your success is guaranteed. 
But don't be afraid to target the negative. That's a very positive thing to do. So resist and persist in your resistance, in your targeting of one negative thing after another. I mean, this is what I want you to look for as you network with like-minded women and men through social media, by picking up the telephone and calling people, using SMS text, whatever you do, email to reach out to friends and start a group. Start a Facebook group. If you don't know how to do it, figure it out. Google it. How do I do a Facebook group? Or use other forms, other group. If, if you've got WhatsApp, on your smartphone, get a text group or an email group together using that app, WhatsApp. Free text all around the world. And you can do blasts of groups, multiple, you know, write one message and send it to countless people. When would you do that? when there's an urgent action needed and it's time to convene your urgent action team and do something. Make phone calls to your congresspeople, to your city council, to the White House itself to take to the streets if that's what you need to do, to join an economic boycott, to protest, to do whatever you need to do. How did India gain its independence from England without shooting at the British? Remember, the British were massacring unarmed Indian people, and Gandhi said, no, you don't shoot back. We don't want them dead. We just want them to leave. How did he do that? Martin Luther King, people wanted to pick up guns and like John Brown, fight a civil war to overthrow Jim Crow in the South in the 1950s. Dr. King said no. There's power in nonviolence. We're going to march. We're going to protest. We're going to boycott the buses. We're going to be creative and do whatever we need to do. And what do we look out for? Well, here's just some of the things on the Trump agenda. First of all, remember that Republicans long before Trump have been trying to dismantle the federal government simply to save money. Rich people do not like to pay taxes. The one thing rich people want is more money. And I don't mean just wealthy and prosperous people. May everyone be wealthy and prosperous. I'm talking about the mega rich, the billionaires, the 85 people that run the world. The 85 people that have more accumulated wealth than 50% of the poorest people in the world. Right? Those multi-billionaires, like Putin, who has an estimated $20 billion, that's 
um, imagine a pile of a million dollars and then imagine 20,000 piles of a million dollars each. That's what Putin has stolen from the people of Russia, and they love him. A dictator who kills journalists, over 100 journalists at recent count, who's invading nations in Eastern Europe and bombing children in Syria. And while we need to have good relations with Russia and we need to get along with Russia, we don't need our president tongue-kissing a dictator in Russia because it appears that Trump owes him a lot of money and the oligarchs in Russia a lot of money. Media doesn't want to talk about this. And we don't know how much money he owes Russia and how much money he's borrowed from China because he won't release his taxes. But we know he's already profiting. For Donald Trump, the White House is a marketing plan. So look for the dismantling of government. Republicans have said for 30 years, government doesn't work. Ronald Reagan said government doesn't solve problems. Government is the problem. So for 30 years, tax cuts for the rich, and then they pour mouth and say, we don't have money for Social Security. In fact, we're going to call that an entitlement. You think you're entitled to it just because you paid for it all of your life. And Medicare, we don't have money for that. And hot lunches for poor children, we don't have money for that. And health care for the public, we, we don't have money for that because they won't pay their taxes. It's very simple to understand the agenda of the right wing. So the government will be dismantled bit by bit and piece by piece. And then they will say, you see, government doesn't work. So we're going to dismantle it. When in fact, the reason it doesn't work is that they're dismantling it. You see? It's that old reversing cause and effect deal. They're going to repeal Obamacare and they're not going to replace it with anything. So we're going to go back to 50,000 people every year dying unnecessarily. That's what it was before Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, ACA. 50,000 people a year dying only because they did not have basic health insurance. We'll go back to that. But it'll save a rich guy $1.50 a month on those federal taxes. They're going to attack Medicare and Medicaid. They're going to try again to privatize Social Security. They're going to eliminate environmental protections. These are global warming deniers. Go to Miami if you have questions about the impact of global warming. Watch Miami go underwater. It's happening now. Do you know anybody in Florida? Are they near the ocean? Call them up and ask them about rising oceans and what's happening there. The 15 hottest years in the history of the world are the last 15 years that we've just lived through. 
in Donald Trump is putting global warming deniers in high federal positions. The Environmental Protection Agency is being run by someone who opposes environmental protection. The Department of Labor is going to be run by a guy that opposes the minimum wage. The head of Carl's Jr. And a guy who thinks that a lot of jobs could be done better by robots. Expect enormous tax cuts for the rich and tiny little meager tax cuts for everybody else. So the Republicans who now control all three branches of the federal government can claim that everybody's getting a tax cut. But the vast bulk of the tax cut will go to the mega rich, which will effectively shift the burden on the poor and the working class. The very people that put Trump in office are going to be screwed because they're going to get a tiny little tax cut because they want to be able to say everybody got a tax cut. The Supreme Court will be stacked with right-wingers. Private schools are going to replace public schools. The new Secretary of Education is an Amway billionaire, a woman who for decades has been promoting charter schools and other private schools based on a voucher plan, which is basically welfare for private schools, money that should go to public schools will be taken out of the public school budget and given to private schools. And of course, private schools do better. It's where the rich kids go. They've got money. But it's not about is your kid rich enough to go to a private charter school it's what's the impact on society. What's that going to do to the crime rate? What's going to happen to health care and, and contagious diseases? And you go to Walmart or the grocery store or the drugstore, all these people don't have health care. And they're coughing and sneezing on you and your children. They will deregulate the banks that are bigger and more reckless now than they were during the crash of 2008. They're not only going to deregulate, decimate environmental protection, but also health and safety protections. Ask the people of Flint, how's your water? How's the quality of your food? The, who's inspecting the meat? Oh, Donald Trump's got some people in charge of government regulation. How about that air quality? Watch for attacks on freedom of the press. Look at the way Trump has bullied the press. His wife is suing a website for slander using the same attorney that put Gawker out of business. Trump's always talking about how the New York Times is going out of business. The Washington Post is going out of business. He'd like nothing better than to be part of an effort 
to destroy newspapers. There will be similar attacks on freedom of speech and, of course, freedom of religion. Can you say Muslim registry? Well, why not a registry for Catholics? If you're not a born-again Protestant, maybe you need a registry too. How about some of those internment camps like we had for the Japanese? How about a nuclear arms race? Trump actually said to Chris Matthews, why do we build nukes if we can't use them? He plans to use nukes. We've already mentioned the conflicts of interest with Trump's businesses, which he apparently has no plans to divest himself of. We're putting the head of ExxonMobil in as Secretary of the State. Rex Tillerson, who's the CEO of the most profitable corporation in the world. And not only do they not pay taxes, they get welfare. Your tax dollars, welfare checks, corporate welfare. That's ExxonMobil. That's your Secretary of State, a guy who also is in this economic orgy with Putin in the Russian oil industry. Look for an expanded military. And just imagine what's going to happen to civil liberties in the United States if there's just one terror attack. What do you think's gonna happen to your right to protest? You think Donald Trump can Learn the words martial law? I think so. So I had uh, somebody with her hand raised, and um, no, now I don't see it for some reason. So if you're online and you'd like to ask your question or make a comment, we've got almost 15 minutes left. I'd like to hear from you. Star two on the touchpad. Let me look very quickly. I can handle this myself, but I would rather hear from you guys. Let's see who's on uh, the website. We have uh, Carol in La Habra, and she's just saying uh, normally she has a class on Sunday night. But not tonight because of New Year's Day. So she's happy to be with us. Thanks, Carol. And in Campbell, uh, Tim says, can you address the real possibility that there will in all likelihood be major repercussions sponsored by the incoming administration, character targeting, Maybe I'm reading this wrong. Yeah, character, I'm sure what he means, character targeting, personal and physical attacks, etc., for any of us who protest and or resist this president-elect. Yeah, well, that's always been the case, Tim. You know, that's the essence of civil disobedience. I remember on a couple of occasions interviewing the actor Martin Sheen. And uh, I said, so I know you've protested uh, the war in Iraq and uh, the CIA training of dictators 
military death squads in Central and South America, at the School of the Americas, I think it's in Virginia or Georgia someplace, and and I know you've been involved in a number of other protests. How many times have you been arrested, Martin? And he said, a little over 70, I think, but I've lost count. Now, you might say, well, yeah, but, you know, he's famous and he's rich and he can afford to get arrested. Well, actually, what happens is when you're a wealthy, famous person and you get arrested for a protest, you get fined a lot more than if you're just a regular Joe off the street. So, yeah, you might get thrown into pokey, but if enough people protest, this was the case in the civil rights. Basically, what you need to do is obey the law. If the police tell you to stay on the sidewalk, get out of the street and stay on the sidewalk, and you're not going to be arrested. Make sure your organization, if it's a public protest, has uh, all the permits that are necessary. And be aware of the fact that police use provocateurs, that violent protesters, any protester that promotes violence or disobeying of the law is quite likely to be a cop. I've seen that in Los Angeles for 30 years. I had an organization of mine called Individuals Making a Difference. This was 15, 20 years ago. We used to meet in Glendale. And five guys came in. Strangers. We didn't know who they were. They just sat in on a group, and I said, welcome. And we were sort of a networking support group for activists of all shapes and sizes. And at one point, I said, uh, anybody looking for support? Do you have an event going on? Would you like some help? And the spokesperson for these five guys stood up and said, yeah, we're having a protest down at Pico Union. And it was some sort of housing issue, and it sounded like a really good deal. Except when I said to him, well, do you guys have the police permits you need? He admitted, no, we don't. And I said to my group, you folks do what you want, but I think these guys are the cops. And everybody turned and stared at him. And these five guys didn't say anything for about five long seconds. They just stood there silently. Like a kid you're caught with his hand in the cookie jar. I mean, busted. And of course they protested and they went, oh, no, no, nervously, uh, no, that's not true. But they didn't get outraged. They didn't yell. They didn't react as they should have reacted if they were legitimate and real and had been accused by me of being cops. Are you kidding? They would have freaked out. These guys didn't. Very composed and just, no, that's not true. We are not police officers. But they left. And five minutes later, we had a break. 
And a couple of people went outside for a smoke and came back in and said, those guys are out in the parking lot writing down license plate numbers. Bingo. That's what they do. Agent provocateurs. It goes all the way back to the time on the mind. There's always been agent provocateurs. I remember in the Vietnam War era, a fellow named Tommy the Traveler. Anytime, he, was a, he was a cop. Anytime somebody starts talking about guns and violence, it's the cops. <laughs> in the early 80s, the Alliance for Survival in Los Angeles, the secretary treasurer of the organization, was on the payroll of the Los Angeles Police Department. They not only infiltrate to spy on you, they participate. They become off. <laughs> you got to be hip. So, yeah, you might get thrown in the pokey. You might get arrested. But it's not too likely if you obey the law and practice nonviolence. Just be... Remember, we're, what's Michelle Obama say? They go low, we go high. They're the lawbreakers. They're the immoral violators of decency and liberty. And it's the Trump side that's got the agenda to destroy democracy. You have... The right to assemble, the First Amendment, read the damn Constitution, the right to be free, Fourth Amendment from unreasonable search and seizure. Again, the great reason, Tim, to get involved, to get training, to get organized. In Van Nuys, uh, Zeke says, as democracy is perfected, the office of president represents more and more closely, the inner soul of the people on some great and glorious day, the plain folks of the land will reach their heart's desire at last, and the White House will be adorned by a downright moron, H.L. Lincoln. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great newspaper, man, Bacon. I've read that quote before, Zeke. Thanks. You suckered me in, though. I thought that was your writing. That's really good. I appreciate that. And in Irvine, California, down in Orange County, Kasha says, uh, urgent action teams sounds like a great idea. For starters, a good place to begin. Yeah, because we're winging it, you guys. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We're in a fact-free society, a post-truth era of fake news, hyperbole, and prevarication. We've lost trust in our institutions. Our government has failed us. Our media has failed us. Corporations are corrupt. Unions are becoming more corrupt. Even the churches are corrupt. 
We don't know who to believe. We don't know what to believe. And that's what stress, anxiety, and fear is. Fear is not about danger. It's what you don't understand, whether dangerous or not. If you were suffering under the belief that fear is about danger, then explain to me why it is so common for somebody to say to us, hey, Michael, what are you so worried about? Why are you stressing out? And I, I, I don't see why you're so afraid. And I say, I don't know either. I don't know. What's worrying you? I don't know. Why, why are you stressing out? I don't know. Well, that's the point. That's what fear is. Fear, anxiety, stress, whatever you call it, panic, terror, horror, nervous worry, or just the mildest apprehension is what you don't know and what you don't understand whether dangerous or not. If it is danger and the danger is clear and present, the fear is still not about the danger. It's about what you don't understand about the danger. And more often than not, danger has nothing to do with it. So it's just what you don't understand. And at the core of that is yourself. The centerpiece of what we don't understand in any given situation is ourselves. Can we cope? What are we going to do? What are we going to do about what? We don't know. I just ran down a long list that just scratches the surface of the Republican agenda to dismantle democracy out of some right-wing John Birch oligarch neo-fascist concept that borders on anarchy, where freedom means the freedom to poison the Flint River. The freedom to educate rich people with rich people's money and poor people can go to hell. The freedom to provide the best health care in the world for people who can afford it and the rest of you just die. The freedom to create enormous wealth for a handful of people and let the others go begging in the street. That's the right wing vision of freedom. not liberty and justice for all. So we have very different ideas of what liberty, what freedom really is. Just as free enterprise is not capitalism, but nine out of 10 people couldn't tell you the difference. They believe free enterprise is capitalism. They'll tell you monopoly capitalism is free enterprise. So all the media is owned by five companies. All the food stores are owned by five companies. There's only five banks. There's only five companies making beer. There's only <laughs> there's nothing free about it. It's oligarchy, government of, by, and for corporations.
So the good news is we have a semblance of democracy. We have quite a bit of liberty and freedom. I can do a program like this. And uh, I'm not worried about jail. And if you are, then don't disobey the law. You can participate, obey the law, and just do not be violent. It has to be nonviolent. The power is in love. Love is understanding. Understanding is love. That's what self-awareness is. You cannot empathize. You cannot understand. You cannot have compassion if you don't know yourself first. So it starts with self-awareness, managing your emotions so that you can better understand why you feel the way you feel, why you think the way you think, why you do the things that you do. And then, don't you see, you'll be able to see yourself in other people. That's empathy. That's Social awareness, relationship management, that's leadership. But the order is important. It's from the inside out. First intrapersonal and then interpersonal. And now you've got something to offer the world. That's self-awareness and leadership. That's fearless intelligence. That's what embraces and contains what I mean by resist and persist. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this hour tonight and invite you to join us next week at the same time, 7 o'clock Pacific, Sunday night. By telling you that I'm really very optimistic, not only am I positive in my focus on the negative, <laughs> I'm very optimistic. Listen to the music by Kula Shaker that we play at the top of the program. It talks about how bad things are and how much better they're going to get because things often have to get worse before they get better. There has to there has to be darkness before the dawn. There has to be adversity to bring forth refinement. It's the cyclical nature of things. Spirit and energy is cyclic. It moves around and around. There's got to be shadow before the light. If things are really bad, they can only get better. Didn't the Beatles say that? Got to admit, it's getting better. Why? Because it can't get any worse. <laughs> and That's sort of the way things go, sort of the way it works. So with that, let me thank you very much for being with us and hope you join us next week. We will podcast this in a few days. Hope you'll tell your friends about it. If you are listening to the podcast and you're not getting the newsletter with the links to this live webinar, you can sign up real quickly at michaelbenner.com. Michael, common spelling, Benner, be like boy, E-N-N, like Nancy, Nancy, E-R, michaelbenner.com, and click on Teleseminar Sign Up. All we want is your first name, your primary email address, and your zip code if you're in the U.S. If you're outside the States, 
just put a period in that box and click submit and it'll go through and you'll get the newsletter. This is all free. This is all free. I do have some people every once in a while that of their own free will kick a few bucks this way, and that helps to defer our broadband costs. But as long as we can, we want this to be free for you. So I hope you'll support us by telling your friends to listen. That's the most gratifying and rewarding thing that you could do for me in return is Help us expand our reach to other people. Because I think there's good information here, a good, hopeful, positive, empowering message. Learn to understand yourself. Manage your emotions so you can be a better critical thinker. Emotional intelligence and critical thinking so you can be emotionally and mentally smart. And then most effective in your action in the world. And just frustrate the bejesus out of Donald Trump. The thing is, he's a fraud and a phony and he knows it. And he hates it when people expose him for what he is. And we're going to get better and better at that all the time. Thank you, good people. I appreciate you being here. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. From Los Angeles, this is Michael Benner. So long.